since August and we are nearing October. I am so sorry guys. I didn't even realize it myself how long it's been but like I said we are back and we're ready for business. I know I said I was gonna drop an episode a few days ago but I'm gonna get into why I haven't and my personal update but I also want to say y'all know me by now. By now if you've been listening to me for what it's been over a year at this point then you know how I am I'm a perfectionist I need things to go the way I just need them to go and I started to record the episode and I hated it I hated how I sounded I hated the direction it was going in so I deleted the whole entire episode and I was nearly done with it that's why I have not dropped an episode because I just needed the time to really get it to sound the way I wanted it to sound and y'all know if it doesn't it's out I'm deleting it With that also in mind, I wanted to say that I am still going to be starting up a YouTube channel. However, I'm going to be waiting until next year to officially drop it. I don't want to rush into things. I want it to be perfect. I want it to go smoothly. And there's a lot of different things coming up in these next couple of months for me personally. And I just really want it to be the best it can be. And in order to do that, I think it's best to just start it up next year. I think that would be a great way to kick off 2022 with a YouTube channel and I also want to include not just this podcast but things about my business and just personal things things that that'll help you guys get to know me and get to see who Armani really is so stay tuned it's still coming it's just coming a little bit later than what we anticipated but that's okay because all things come to those who wait (laughs) personal updates So my birthday is November 25th, which is on Thanksgiving this year. I'm so excited. I turned 21. Uh, Finally, everyone around me is turning 21, all of my friends. And I'm like the last out of the bunch to finally turn 21. I'm so excited. I'm also having a party for my 21st birthday. Planning that has been crazy. I'm planning it with my mom and my mom mom. And it's been a process for sure, getting the guest list, getting people to RSVP, decorations, budgets, venues, menus, (laughs) like, it's been crazy, but we're figuring it out together, we're working as a team, and when I tell you guys it's going to be amazing, I promise you it's going to be amazing. If you know me, you know how I am. It's going to be nothing but elegance and just class. I think I'm going to post some photos on my Instagram page just so you guys can see how it turned out. On top of my birthday coming up, I'm also going to Cancun the week after my birthday. So my birthday party is November 20th. My birthday is the 25th. And then I'm going to Cancun December 2nd. So I'm a busy girl. Trust me, I am with school. And then you add that on, it's going to be a hectic couple of months, midterms, um, finals, all that fun stuff that we all love. If you're a college student, you know you love that stuff. (laughs) It's going to be a process. But listen, I'm here and I'm ready for it. 
but that just requires me to really have to buckle down and just stay focused, which kind of leads me into my next thing, college. I have been <sighs> enjoying, I'll say enjoying, um, these last couple of months um, as a college student all over again. I'm back in an action. Um, I think that it's weird doing online sometimes with me because I forget that I'm a college student and I forget that I have to turn in assignments. If you do online, do you know exactly what I'm talking about? That feeling of not having to do it all summer long and then you finally have to realize like, hey, school started, you got to turn in that assignment, it's due on Monday and you're starting it and finishing it on Monday a few hours before it's due. Like, that's been my struggle lately. But I'm getting the assignments in, and my professors are very understanding, so I appreciate that. If you're a professor and you're listening, shout out to you. I hope that you are just as understanding with your students. But yes, um, shout out to all my college students. This is going to be a great year for all of us. My freshmen, my sophomores, my juniors, my seniors, whatever level you are at with college, I promise you, that you're going to have nothing but success moving forward. This is my last year. I graduate next year. So I think that because of that, my brain is kind of ready. Like it knows that mentally it's like preparing itself to be done with school. So I think that when sometimes when you get closer to the end, everything just shuts down early because it's like, oh, I'm already here. I practically made it. But no, you didn't make it yet. I don't have the diploma yet. So I have to keep going, keep fighting, and just don't let all the negative vibes win. Keep fighting. You're almost done. A few more months and it's over. And shout out to the class of 2022. This is going to be an episode full of shout outs. <laughs> Moving on to my next thing, my weight loss journey. So I decided that um, because I'm turning 21, I've always had like this image of where I wanted to be in my life. And that includes all aspects of my life. And weight has always been a struggle for me. I have lost a lot of weight, definitely have within the last year. But when I turned 21, I wanted to be at my ideal weight. So I am taking this month to really eat healthy, really try to work out and just get myself together, feeling healthy and feeling energetic and just feeling the way that I should be at 21. I sometimes feel sluggish or I feel sleepy or I don't want to get off the bed. That's not okay. I'm only 20. So if you're listening and you want to get back into shape, trust me, you're not the only one. We need to get up and get out, go for a run. It's beautiful outside. The fall, it literally just became fall the 22nd of September, and it's beautiful outside. Get out there. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Go for a jog. Work out at your, inside your house. Work out at the gym. Do whatever makes you happy, but don't give up keep going I promise you that by the next couple of months you'll be at least somewhere you'll see some form of progress so don't give up another interesting thing that happened to me which kind of ties into weight a little bit and this is a little bit personal but I never sugarcoat anything on this podcast for you guys so I'm not going to start now and I also want to say before I even get into that the older I get the more experience I start to have. So the conversations might start to switch up. They might start to get a little bit more personal or a little bit more um, mature. (laughs) I would say that mature. So just be prepared for that. It's okay. We are all adults here. I hope that my listeners can handle that. And I know I have a couple of younger listeners, so it's okay. I'll make sure to (laughs) remember that they're listening. (laughs) But yeah, this ties into the weight loss thing. So I changed my form of birth control 
And let's just say, without getting into what form, da-da-da, what I'm doing, whatever. Let's just say that because of that, I've been pretty um, not okay. <laughs> My side effects have not been the best. So it's kind of made me like just not want to do anything. The cramps have been terrible. So that's another reason why I didn't drop an episode because the day that I said I was, my body said, yes, sis, you're not even getting out the bed to even get your headphones to start the episode. So that's also another thing I'm battling, like just the hormones changing my body and I'm breaking out and my moods, my mood swings are swinging (laughs) and just also being able to still be motivated, still get out, work out, still work, still do school, still do everything I'm supposed to be doing. So listen, guys, I am going through it, but I am not giving up. So neither should you. Leading on to the track of kind of like adulting and maturing, I noticed a change in my taste buds. As a kid, you eat all the sugary things. You love cereals, you love candy. Well, I haven't had cereal in months. My mom brought cereal and I was starving that day. I wasn't eating like really a big meal until later on. So I decided to just get a bowl of cereal. I got Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And let's just say it tasted like cardboard and cinnamon. And that is all. I took one bite out of it. And that was enough for me to never want to eat the cereal again. And my friend told me that she thinks my taste buds are changing. Because instead of craving little snacks, I'm starting to crave actual meals. So that's just kind of a fun fact about where I am in life, I guess. I'm, I am maturing in all aspects. <laughs> and another thing that I noticed, another change in me, is suddenly I'm interested in law. As a freshman, I wanted to change my major from psychology. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do social work or political science. I was really, 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 sorry, heading towards political science. But then everyone was like, oh, the years that you have, that you have to put into it you know, the studying, the the debt. And so it kind of deterred me from wanting to do it. So I picked social work. I'm not upset with picking social work. I love social work. But I've still always had it in the back of my head with like just courts and the legal systems and the laws and prisons. That's always been something that's been way back there somewhere. And you know me, I love to help people. I love to defend people. I I love to argue sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. So I just feel like it fit me in a way. And even though we're going to get into the film Karen, this kind of ties into that a little bit because while watching that film, I realized there's so many laws that people in our community do not know about. So many rights that we don't even know that we have. And it made me really just want to listen in and figure out what laws we don't know about or what laws are kind of put on the back burner or they're kind of ignored in a sense. I want to learn all the laws. I want to learn everything that has to do with the way that it impacts our community, if that makes sense. So I want to start that as soon as I can. I'm very interested, and I don't know if it's going to impact my major in any way, but I definitely am going to see where I can go with that, even if it's just having that knowledge in the back of my head for everyday use. That'll be something for me. And I also am minoring in criminal justice, so hmm, we never know. I might go somewhere with that. Current events. I know we have not had current events in like years, but I really wanted to talk about something that kind of was questionable to me um, in the media. 
So those of you that know Nicki Minaj, she did not attend the Met Gala, I believe. That's what it was. Yes, the Met Gala. She explained that she didn't attend because it's a pandemic. She has a new, well, not a newborn, but she has a baby. And she doesn't have a nanny and she doesn't want to risk her health just to be seen. She then goes into the vaccination and how she wants to get vaccinated so that she'll be able to perform at some point next year. But she wanted to know more about it. She even started a poll as to which vaccine was the best, which one that people actually preferred to be used. She also explained that she had a cousin who has a friend in Trinidad who got vaccinated and he didn't have a positive side effect from it. Um, I believe his testicles became swollen and that was made a joke actually by the media like oh like he probably had some type of um, infection or some type of um, STD of some sort and that's what it was. But regardless I think what people have to keep in mind is that with the vaccine we don't know what's in it therefore people may have allergic reactions because they don't know what's in it. So they may everyone reacts to things differently. I saw someone that ended up breaking out in hives after getting vaccinated. And that's not talked about. They're not going to highlight that, that, oh, this girl broke out in hives. Why? Because, number one, it's not common. That's just the way her body reacted to it. Number two, they don't want to make it a big deal. Me and my mom, we were very sick. I couldn't even stand up. Like, I had to literally put my back against the wall just to stand up straight. So that was a negative effect that it gave me. There's a lot of people that got really, really, really sick from it. There's a lot of people that didn't. We all react to things differently because we're not all the same. So her cousin's friend very well could have had a negative side effect. It happens. It happens to people all the time. So I'm not sure exactly why I was made a joke and then took in. It, it got blown out of proportion to the point where I felt like it's, it was questionable. It, was, it became suspicious to me. Because right after she says that, Joy Reid goes on CNN and she starts coming at Nicki Minaj. And she feels like she didn't use her platform to encourage our community to protect themselves and save their lives. And like she was so disappointed with how Nicki Minaj chose to use her platform. Not keeping in mind the fact that Nicki Minaj never said she wasn't getting vaccinated. She wanted to know more about the vaccination because she was leaning towards getting it. She just said she wanted to know more and she was questioning it simply because she heard about a negative side effect. But she never said she wasn't getting it. She was just encouraging all of us to do the research before we do anything. Which I don't see how that is such a problem. Because you should do research when you're doing things. Before you put things in your body. You should want to know more. So why is it such a problem that she's asking a question? That she's asking questions that we're all asking. She just has a bigger platform for it to actually get noticed. So then after that, a few days pass. And Nikki says the White House has invited her. Um, to talk about the vaccine and answer any questions that she may have, sit down with Dr. Fauci, just really go into it. And they asked if she wanted it to be private or public. She said public so that all the fans can get all the answers that they may have as well. And she didn't want to hide anything from us. After that, Don Lemon goes on CNN 
and says that Nicki Minaj is basically lying. No one asked her to come into the White House. They did say that they want her to talk to one of their doctors to answer any of her questions. However, they didn't expect her to actually come into the White House. That's not what they wanted. Which only made it worse because Nicki Minaj is now being painted as a liar. All of this because of the vaccine. Because of her asking a question. Now she's being painted as a liar. Now she First she used her platform in a negative way. And now she's a liar. So then after she tells him off and she's like, I don't have to lie, I have proof, you know, someone called me from the White House, why would I make that up? Don Lemon then goes on CNN again and uses the line that people want to know what's in the vaccine. They're questioning what's in the vaccine, but they don't question what's in their butt shots, which is clearly an attack against Nicki Minaj herself, who we all know has butt implants. In an attack against women in general, really. To me, I don't understand why they started personally attacking her. Because she asked the same question millions of people want to know. What's in the vaccine? And they attacked her personally. They wanted her to be painted in a negative light. And they wanted to embarrass her. You said that. He said that on national television, on the news. This is news. We're supposed to be talking about the world. We're supposed to be talking about news, actual news, what's going on in our planet, on our planet, what's going on in the world, what's going on around us. And you're talking about butt shots to attack a woman. And not to mention not just any woman, an African-American woman. And this is an African-American man. And you're attacking her on national television. And you think that's okay? What happened to protect African-American women? Protect our girls. Now, because someone has a difference of opinion, or it's not even, not even a difference of opinion, it's just a question that you obviously don't know the answer to, or if you would have just... if This is the thing. If he knew the answer to the question, what's in the vaccine, he would have just simply told her. But you made it a big deal, which means you yourself don't even know what's in the vaccine. It started to become suspicious to me about why they were going so hard about this. Why they wanted to shut her out. Why Twitter deleted her. Why it became this big thing. Why newscasters, news... (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I started getting really into it, and then I'm like, wait, what are they called? But why people from the news were literally going to Trinidad to hunt down her family and use that against her. Why is that okay? Why was that even happening? Because she asked a question about a vaccine. That made me realize it's bigger than what we think it is. And this is coming from someone that is fully vaccinated. And I'm saying it makes me a little bit nervous that this is how they treated her. Someone that was interested in getting vaccinated. But obviously, you deterred her from wanting to get vaccinated because of how hard you went to go against her for asking a question. They just want us to get vaccinated and shut up. Don't have any concerns about it. Don't have anything against it. Just do it. And they have to understand that people are going to be suspicious of something that they made in a matter of months. And they haven't even cured basic things. Things that we've been going through for years, like cancer. They haven't even cured that. But yet you already have a cure for something that just came about. 
So yes, it is questionable. People are allowed to have questions and you should not be frustrated with them. Instead, you should reassure them you should have answers. But don't attack people simply because you don't have the answers. That's what doesn't make sense to me. And I even read a post where it even says, the internet is not even able to eliminate child pornography They're not even able to find the route to child trafficking. But they can censor and they can block conspiracy theories and facts related to the vaccine. You see the little fact check thing come up anytime it says anything about COVID. Anything about it. There's a little fact check. But the internet is not used to eliminate things that have been going on that are problematic for years that affect children women men and they can contact trace those who have been in contact with COVID but cannot do that for those who have been stolen and molested or how about the molesters and the kidnappers they can't even find those people so yes it's questionable how something that just came about suddenly has all these answers for it there's a whole vaccine for it now in a matter of months and like I said instead of attacking people's characters and what they choose to put in their butts or not put in their butts you should be trying to reassure people because it wasn't just about Nicki Minaj she had people a fan base who were also questioning things. And what they should have been realizing is that they should have used their platform better. They should have used their platform way better. And they should have instead said something to reassure the millions of fans that agreed with her. Because now not only did you deter Nicki Minaj from getting vaccinated, you deter all of her followers from getting vaccinated. So now it's just, it's bigger than Nikki. And they didn't realize that, I think, until it was too late. It, it was disturbing to watch. It was disturbing to have to be witness to what was going on. It was very confusing. I didn't understand why they were attacking her like that. And I didn't understand why it was the Democratic Party who is supposed to be made up of our peers who were attacking another peer for nothing. I'm going to just leave it there. Food for thought. Let me know how y'all feel about that. Let me know if you have any comments or questions or concerns or just your opinion in general, just what you were thinking when you saw it, if you saw it, how you feel about the vaccine, how you feel about the pandemic. Just let me know. Go ahead and DM me, message me, whoever you get in contact with me, and let me know your take on all of this. Now, the moment you have all been waiting for. Drum roll, please. (laughs) The topic of discussion, of course. So... Before I get into Karen, I want to first say that if you have not watched the movie, you might not want to listen to what I'm about to say. 
just because I might give away details of the movie. Um, so that's just a fair warning right now. I also wanted to say that the last episode I posted about how I wanted to start analyzing movies that are related to our community. And originally I was going to start off with For Color Girls. I had that already set in my notes. But I then saw Karen and it made me realize that that should be something that I should talk about because they decided not to put that movie in theaters. Probably because of how it would offend the Karens, which is also another questionable decision, in my opinion. But regardless, um, it was a good movie, and I decided that this is the movie I wanted to analyze first with you guys. But next time, we will be doing For Color Girls, because that is a very deep film for our community. So, Karen is about an African-American couple that moves in to their first home together, but they're in a neighborhood that's not very diverse. In fact, they're one of the only African-American people on the block. Their neighbor's name is Karen. She lives right next door to them. And the movie goes on. As the movie goes on, you start to see that Karen is a Karen. (laughs) And you start to see how hard she works to get rid of her neighbors. So in the beginning of the movie, honestly, the first scene to me started it off because you have a Black Lives Matter um, mural. I don't want to say mural, but it was just written in chalk, Black Lives Matter. And then you see Karen coming up and she's scrubbing at it just angrily, like just trying to get it off her sidewalk. And that was already something to me because I just felt like a lot of the Karens probably feel that way. A lot of the Karens probably feel like, and their husbands probably feel like anytime they see anything related to Black Lives Matter, a shirt, um, writing on the sidewalk, something on a door, a poster, they probably feel the same way. Like they just want to snatch it off. When I wear my Black Lives Matter mask, the looks that I get, and I'm still learning to be confident in what I'm wearing, even if I'm the only one wearing it. That's the key for me. I'll feel confident if my mom comes in with me and she's wearing something similar. When I walk into an establishment alone and it's just me, I'm the only African-American person in there wearing something that symbolizes against the trauma that we've been facing. I get nervous of what the reaction is going to be because of what I've seen on the internet and some of the reactions, the way people talk to other people. So it does make me nervous that literally the depiction of her scrubbing off the Black Lives Matter words is a form of what would happen to me if I wore something with Black Lives Matter on it. But that, and also what I just thought of is the also another message I realized her scrubbing so hard is another thing that they want to do. They think that they can just wipe us away. We could just be scrubbed away. Our problems, our trauma, the issues can just be washed away by silencing us, by removing us. That's exactly what she was doing. That's exactly what they do. It then continues on 
day one, the neighbors move in. They're happy. It's a beautiful home. It's a beautiful neighborhood. The first day when Karen realizes it's an African-American couple, she sets up cameras facing their side of the house. And the first thing I thought, thought about it was, of course, because she's using that idea that they love to use of feeling unsafe. Feeling like they're dangerous people. I feel like that whole unsafe thing is a myth. We are the most unproblematic people. Once you rattle the cage, you're going to get a reaction, of course. But if you leave us be, like you should have done, and like you should continue to be doing, there would be no problems. I promise you that. So that already sparked an issue the neighbors noticed it. it 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 became a big deal because they already were outnumbered and then the first thing they see is a camera facing their home when they tell her that they noticed the camera facing their home she makes a joke about why he noticed it in the first place like oh are you casing the joint that's exa- literally the exact word she used are you casing the joint are you we don't carry cash here Just weird lingo, first of all, because we don't talk like that. But just weird. And he's looking at her like, what? No, we just want our privacy. And she wouldn't even shake his hand. Because she said germs. That idea that we carry germs that are so different than them. That it'll make them sick if they even touch us. When in reality, they're the ones with the diseases. They're the ones that brought the diseases to us. The hypocrisy. Really, it is. And this part is my favorite part. Not my favorite part, but my favorite part to really talk about. Because I'm noticing this more and more. The word comply. If you are one of the allies and you're listening to this, I want you to listen to me very, very, very clearly and closely. Do not ever tell an African-American person to simply comply. The word comply is such a triggering word. When I heard her say it, it really made me mad. I had to stop watching the movie. Because she told these African-American boys who were sitting there having a good time at lunch that they need to comply. That's all they need to do is comply. As if they were doing something wrong. Or as if I have to do what you say in the first place. I feel like words like comply are only terms used to target African-American people. They don't say that to their kids. You just need to comply with what I'm saying. No, it's just do what I say. Listen to what I'm saying. They try to use fancier terms like comply to take away from the fact that what they're really saying. They want you to do what they say only. Follow the rules that they put in place only. 
act accordingly to what they say you should act like. Only. Don't laugh. Don't smile. Don't burp. Don't sneeze. Don't cough. Just sit there. Because you're lucky we're even allowing you to do that. Other terms, unruly, thugs, criminals. Those are the terms that were just thrown out throughout the film. Dangerous, scared. It was ridiculous. I'm telling you, if you have not seen this movie, I want you to go watch it. Because it is very triggering to see and to hear how realistic this all is. Because the film seem pretty realistic to me I've seen one or two of these scenes in real life and just going back to the word comply very quickly like I said you're telling me to comply with what you feel the rule should be you feel like I should just be sitting here sipping my tea Anything that's different than the way they feel you should act is not okay. Having a good time, laughing, being loud, they equivocate with being African American. Anything that's out of the ordinary for them, any action that they feel is negative is what they equivocate to African American and don't even get me into the angry thing because she mentioned that a lot through the film you guys are so angry you're so angry no we're not angry we're passionate number one and we don't tolerate disrespect we're very blunt we're honest we're straight to the point we're very particular and what is the conversation is about, what you're saying, what is said. But we're not angry. We're not angry about anything. We just want simple things. And when you can't give us those simple things, that's when you get a more stern version of us, but not angry. Because if we were angry... We would have been the ones burning up all the businesses, all the houses, all the everything. That's angry. That's them. Those guys are angry. That's what they did. They hung people. They whipped people. They burned houses, burned churches with kids in it. They did that. Raping children and women. That's what they did. We didn't do that. It wasn't us. So therefore, we're not angry. We're just very, very passionate about what's going on. That's it. And another thing was, she was upset that slavery kept being brought up. Like, oh, that was so long ago. Why are you guys still talking about it? Move on. It'd be easy to move on. If similar things weren't still occurring. 
if we didn't feel like modern day slaves, then we wouldn't keep talking about it. If there was actual change, full change, we wouldn't still be bringing it up. But it still has an effect on today, and it's still not properly discussed or talked about. Therefore, it's going to still keep occurring, but in different ways. That's why it's being brought up. And she said, if you don't like it here so much, just go back. How about this? And I don't know if they ever thought about this. How about they pack up and they go back to England? How about that? Italy, Ireland, Scotland, wherever. I bet they wouldn't like that. So why would you tell us, people that were born and raised here for generations, to just get up and go back to Africa? Number one, we don't even know where we're from in Africa. At all. Why? Because y'all took us from our land and then whitewashed us. So now we don't even know where we're from. So it's easy to say, oh, just go to Africa. Are you forgetting how big Africa is? And how not simple that is? <laughs> like, what? You want us to all pack up our things and go to Africa instead of you just changing? How does that make any sense? Not to mention, we built this country ourselves. Like, this is our country. We built this from the ground up. All the little things you see here, I promise you somebody African-American's name is stamped on that. We did this. It was us. God didn't believe in hard work. We do. And we did hard work. That was never them. They just believed in getting things passed down. We actually always have put in work to get to where we are. How about that? So, like I said, since we built this country and it's ours, you guys pack up and you guys go. See how unrealistic that is? Instead of everyone just changing? And then still on the topic of comply, just very quickly again, because like I said, it was about the restaurant scene and the African-American guys were being too loud, she said. And so she goes and she complains to management and they got kicked out of the restaurant. Do you think the same thing would have happened if the situations were reversed? If I said, yeah, Billy and Bob, they're being too loud. You think that the manager would come over and escort them out? Or would they say, oh, you're being too loud? Or would they just ignore you? Answer me that. And I really want an answer. Do you think that would have happened? No. I can already give you the answer. It wouldn't have happened. They got kicked out and humiliated at that restaurant. Because of the color of their skin. That's all. That's the only reason that they have to be getting kicked out. I understand if you're disturbing people, but think about today. We all go to restaurants. Think about how loud restaurants are. Even the classier ones, 
there's music playing, it's loud. So if I was disturbing you that much, number one, the only way I could be disturbing you is if you're really in my conversation. If you're not in my conversation and you're at your table and you're worried about what you're supposed to be worried about, you would have never noticed how loud I was. So that means Karen was all in their conversation, all in their table, and that's really what the problem was. She wasn't minding her business. She was too focused on the African-American men that were at the center of the room having a good time. And that wasn't okay for her, but they were having a good time at a restaurant that she felt like belonged to her and her people. That's what it was really about. Not allowing them in the restaurant. And then that just goes to show the amount of comfort that she had to have had in order to just be saying anything throughout the movie. The amount of comfort that they all have to just say anything to you. Say anything. Oh, look at you slaving in the kitchen. Like, what? What are you even saying? And the weird infatuation that they have with our men is like they hate African-American people, but they see our men and it's like, ooh, but that man. Because even throughout the film, she was in a weird way flirting with the husband, wanting him to take his shirt off and just different things like that. So that's kind of interesting to me. That weird infatuation that they obviously have to have. It's like you hate us, but you love us. You love that you hate us. You hate that you love us. That's what it is. You hate that you love us so much. And then she made the comment, oh, does your, so your wife's the breadwinner, isn't she? Like, what are you even asking right now? Like, oh, she makes all the money. That idea that African-American women wear the pants in the relationship and they're the men in the relationship. And she tried to compare, like, her and her husband. Her, well, her husband that passed away. Her husband passed away in the film, but to them. Like, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. My husband worked. Oh, but your wife, she's the breadwinner, isn't she? Okay. Is it such a problem that African-American women feel as though they don't need anyone to take care of them? I think it can become a problem but is it such an issue that we like independence? We value independence. We don't want to be stay-at-home moms. Even if we have the choice to be, we don't want to be. We still start up our own businesses. Y'all see Housewives of Atlanta? They all still have businesses. They don't just stay home. Why? Because that's not in us to just sit around. We are hard workers regardless. Regardless of how much money is being brought in by the man. That's the difference between us and them. They don't see things the same way. They're okay with just sitting at home and raising the kids. Us, on the other hand, we value hard work. A couple of years ago, it was hard to get a job. I mean, it's still hard to get a job. But especially when you checked off African-American, the chances of you getting that job were slim. We even question now to this day. If we should check that off or what hairstyles we should wear to interviews because we don't want them to think that it's not professional what we're what we look like.
what our hair looks like. We still face those challenges. It just... It just further proves the point of why we're still talking about the past. Because the past is still here. It's still affecting the future. And then... This film, guys, I'm telling you, it was a lot. It was very deep. It makes you ask a lot of questions. It makes you realize a lot. And one thing that I did realize about our community is that we need to start taking protesting seriously. Because in the film, her brother's a cop. Karen's brother is a cop. She falsely accuses these African-American men of not living in the neighborhood, even though they do. The brother gets put on some type of leave. And he says, you know how these people are. They throw a fuss, they protest, nothing happens, and they move on. They just think that after we protest and nothing happens, we just move on. We don't continue to fight. And that is absolutely true. We don't. We just let it be. We don't continue to show them that we are still united and we still want change. We move on to the next thing. If there is a next thing. We don't stay focused on one problem at a time. And they know that. They know that we can't stay united for too long. They thrive off of that. And he said, us recording them is nothing to them. They aren't scared to lose their jobs because they know nothing will happen. They don't think any justice is going to come is going to come out of it because they know nothing's going to happen. Thankfully, these last couple of court cases have gone somewhere. Cops have been indicted, there has been trials, and I'm very happy for that because that shows that that statement is not always true. That there is change that is happening with us protesting and with us not giving up. So I hope that we continue out on that journey of not giving up because if we don't, exactly what he said is the truth it's what we do and I don't want that to be our truth at all and also another interesting thing that came out of the film is that he said the brotherhood takes care of their own so there's this brotherhood that anytime a cop gets in any form of trouble they take care of their own and for some reason, I believe that that is the truth, that there is a brotherhood, and that that does absolutely happen. That if anything goes down, they have each other's backs. All cops expect for each other to have each other's backs, whether you're right or wrong. And that's a problem. And it's more than just cops. They have people on their payroll, judges, all types of people. That's what this movie was saying. I'm not saying that happens in real life. That's what was being said in this movie. But then it makes me question if maybe that is the truth. We don't know what goes on in the legal on the legal side of things. Who gets paid off, what judges look the other way on things, don't accept certain things because they're on the payroll. I think some of that's true. I believe there is a brotherhood, and I believe that it is made up of more than just cops, and I believe that that would explain so much. They all stick together. Something that we have to learn to do with each other. All stick together. 
this movie was so eye-opening for me. It really was. It raised a lot of questions for me. It answered a lot of questions for me. And it just sparked my interest of continuing to learn more. With the hope that maybe the more we're educated, the less likely we are to be in certain situations. Granted, I don't know if that would be true or not, but that's the hope. Because think about it. Every time an African-American person gets pulled over, we're instantly scared. Instantly. So I feel like maybe if I educate myself and educate those around me with the laws and the rights, maybe that'll decrease. Maybe we won't be as scared. Maybe in the future, the relationships between African-Americans and cops will be fixed. Maybe. And I really want to look up because I'm sure that there's no law against it. If you're allowed to ask why you're being pulled over and if you are required to have an answer, I'm asking you why you're pulling me over. I feel as though I am required to have an answer. Tell me why. Don't just tell me to be quiet. It's not fair that some stranger in an outfit gets to pull pull me over, pull me out of my car and search me. That's not fair. You're just another human in a uniform. And when you take that uniform off, you're nobody. But because you have on this blue uniform, it makes you think that you're bigger than God. And that you can just do anything and say anything to me. And that you have no consequences because you know the brotherhood has your back. That's not okay. At all. I want to be able to use the things that I learn from doing the research and apply that and teach others so that they can apply that so that hopefully this can stop you are required i don't this is my thing you should be allowed to ask why someone's pulling you over like oh is my tail light out was i speeding like let me know what i did wrong You would think if someone actually cares enough to let you know what you did wrong so that you can fix it, they would tell you. Unless, of course, the reason they pulled you over doesn't make sense. Therefore, they're not going to tell you. They think that because they're cops, they're not obligated to answer any of your questions. But yet they should. If you want me to be comfortable, if you don't want to have any negative interactions with me, then you should. But they don't. That's that entitlement. I also wonder if when people record cops doing wrongdoings, if they retaliate against like them or their families. That's a true question because in the film, the wife recorded the cop and they were trying to retaliate against them. So I'm just curious if, if, if in real life that ever happens where they make you feel unsafe because you recorded something that could be used against them. And how does that work? Is there any cases about that? I feel like I've never heard any cases, but th- that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. So I would want to do further research just to see if that occurs. And then my biggest question, this one's a big one. Is racism a mental illness? That was my final question after watching that film, after analyzing it after seeing the craziness from it, after having all the questions I had from it to discuss with you guys, that was my last thing. Is racism a mental illness? 
I think it is. I think there has to be something mentally wrong with you to hold so much hatred against a group of people that chances are did nothing to you. Maybe one person from that group of people did something to you, but the whole group as a whole didn't do something to you. So to have so much hatred towards that one group to where it makes you feel crazy when you're around them, you can't act normal, you have you feel the need to threaten them to make them feel uncomfortable just to make you feel good, something's mentally wrong with you. You need to seek help. And I'm just being honest, that's truly how I feel, that it's a mental illness. It's a mental something. If we don't want to classify it as the same as a mental illness, it's definitely still a mental something. Because it's not okay. Something in your brain is not okay. There's an imbalance or something. Because there's no reason why you should hold that much much hatred in your heart. And a lot of the times that hatred is there is because of an experience that was had. Like I said, with one person. A situation happened with that one person. And it sparked your dislike for the whole group of people. You didn't even give another person a chance. How is that fair? We're not all the same. We're not all criminals. We're not all thugs. We're not all drug dealers. We're not all murderers. Like We're not all the same. At all. So I don't understand. It's the same way with them. They're not all the same. Not everyone's a Karen. Not everyone's racist. We're not all the same. They're not all the same. All human beings are different. We all have our own identities. We all have our own experiences. So I'm not understanding why you would then put one group of people together and make them all the enemy. Therefore, racism is a mental illness. Can't tell me any different. It has to be. That's the only thing to me that makes sense. And honestly, my takeaway from all of this is that, like I said, not all of us are the same. We all grow up differently, and we have different experiences. And I just honestly feel like regardless, judging a person for the color of their skin is wrong. If you feel the need to do it, then I personally feel like you should get help. Like, you should seek therapy immediately. Racism is an ugly disease. And it keeps continuing to sweep our nation. I feel like the amount of hate boiled up inside has got to end. I think that, like I said previously, Karen had one bad experience with an African-American person. And so that made it every African-American person's problem. And that's an issue that occurs in real life. One person ruins it for the bunch. She was unapologetically rude, which they all, all the Karens are, typically. And despite her claiming she was scared, because African-American people are violent and angry, she was the only person that actually was all of those things. And once again, this is typical in real life. This movie, I feel like, should have been in theaters. And I feel like whoever decided against it because of the backlash is a coward 
Let the Karens be upset that their actions are finally being addressed. Let them. Let them. We have to see slave movies. We have to see all types of movies that we don't agree with. But yet we see them. It triggers us. We get upset, but we see them. It's fine. We have to see movies where we're painted as criminals, thugs, all types of things. But we still see them. And we're fine. So guess what? You can see Karen and be fine. I personally feel like it was a good movie. It was pretty straight to the point. I think it would have did well, honestly. It wasn't bad at all. The actors were great. The actresses were great. I think the plot was great. Everything was straight to the point, so there was no questions regarding the film. I think that it would have done great in the movies. And I just feel like overall, don't let the color of someone's skin cause you to develop so much hate to the point that you stop seeing them as a human. And that's deep. You hate someone so much that you stop realizing that they're just a human being like you. We all believe the same. And I just feel like it's time that we start embodying that. Taking that all in. That we are all human at the end of the day. Despite the color of your skin. When you shave off our skin. It's all the same. The anatomy is the same. The brain, the bones, it's all the same. So see past the color of someone's skin. Get to know that person personally. Before you go ahead and you judge their whole entire life. Their whole entire being. Based off of what other people tell you. What you read. What you see in movies. Or one experience you may have. Get to know everyone. You never know. The person next to you could be one of the best people you've ever met in your life. That could be the person that saves your life. That could be somebody to you. Someone that you should use as an ally. So instead of seeing them as this terrible person, see them as the human being that they are. And I think that We all need to take that message because we all probably have moments where we do things and we don't realize that person is just a human, not even just with racism. In everyday life, we probably do things without realizing we're all just human. We make mistakes. We bleed the same. And it's okay. I really like the film Karen. Like I said, if you have not seen it, I'm going to say it again. Please go ahead and watch it it's on amazon prime i believe it's like three dollars on there but i mean three dollars to watch a film that was pretty educational for me pretty eye-opening for me i've never come across the karen per se so i think it was interesting just to see how they're depicted in film um i've seen videos of what we say a karen is but like i said i've never come across one so it was pretty cool just to see the whole movie play out and their thought process and just different things like that what they tell their kids how they treat their kids how first of all how smart their kid her kids were so smart and they liked african-american people so i think that's so interesting how their mother was so against them but yet the kids they loved african-american people so i think that's interesting too but like i said it's a great film 
definitely worth something to see and paid the little three dollars for it. It wasn't in theater, so it deserves a little bit of coins thrown at it. But yeah, the overall message from it was just see people as the human beings that they are. I think that's something that's very important and just embodying that. The fact that we are all human beings, we all bleed the same. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at blackgirlspeaks.podcast, my personal page, Moni underscore Monet, and my business page, Bold and Beautiful X. And also, as the month of November slowly starts approaching, in honor of my birthday, I would like each of you to donate to a charity that directly impacts our community. I think in my next episode, I'm going to give you guys a list of charities that I come up with. You don't have to necessarily donate to that specific charity. As you know, I donate to the Trayvon Martin Foundation every month. Um, I'm going to up that list soon and start donating to to Tamir Rice, um, Sean Bell. There's a couple of people I definitely want to donate to. But I think that in honor of just doing something for me a lot of people ask what I want for my birthday and I'm telling you all here what I want is for you to donate to a charity that impacts our community so like I said I'll give you a list and maybe you can go off of that if you don't do the research yourself but I would really like that for my birthday and I honestly just feel like giving back to the community and spending the time to give back to the community is the best gift anyone can give me I'm Armani World And this is Black Girl Speaks, signing out. This is where Black Girls talk. This is where Black Girls speak. This is where discuss everything about us and me. Black Girls speak. This is where black girls speak. This is where I discuss everything about us and me. Black girls speak. This is where black girls talk. This is where black girls speak. This is where I discuss everything about us and me. This is where black girls talk. This is where black girls speak. This is where I discuss everything about us and me. Black girls speak.